listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 7th of October 2022. Later, shares end their best week in two years. But first, to the Reserve Bank and mortgage repayments, because today it released its financial stability review, and one area it focused on was home loan serviceability. Now, It said in its analysis, it's assuming the official cash rate rises to 3.6% next year. It's at 2.6% right now. And it found that 40% of variable rate owner occupiers would have 20% less spare cash than current levels, which isn't a huge adjustment at an official cash rate of 3.6%. Now, it defines spare cash as leftover money after meeting loan repayments and essential living expenses. But 15% of variable rate borrowers would have no spare cash, meaning they'd need to draw down on their savings to help meet their financial responsibilities and live. Will it lead to repayment arrears and distressed selling? Well, to find out, I spoke earlier with Erin Kitson from S&P Global Ratings. Erin, how are arrears looking right now and how do they compare historically? Mortgage arrears are looking fairly robust at the moment at less than uh, 1% at the June juncture. And in terms of historical comparisons, uh, they're actually at their post-financial crisis low. So I think this is important going into a monetary policy tightening cycle as arrears will be entering this from a position of strength. Will borrowers be able to afford rate rises given it takes time for interest rates to actually hit consumers? Look, I think in the main, yes, but debt serviceability pressures will vary across borrowers. So most at risk are borrowers that are more highly leveraged, those with lower savings and equity buffers, and particularly those who purchase properties at the at the peak of the property cycle, particularly during the pandemic. So I think that cohort of borrowers where that risk is more elevated, in our opinion, is recent first homeowners. Okay. Given we're hearing um, more and more economists are predicting interest rates will continue to rise, ANZ again today said uh, it still expects the official cash rate to reach 3.6% sometime next year. Uh, when do you then expect arrears to rise and to what kind of levels? Sure. We're expecting arrears to start to surface, and this is early onset arrears, at the end of the third quarter this year, but we're not really going to see the evidence of more advanced arrears until the second half of next year, we think. In terms of levels that you know arrears could potentially rise to, I think it's probably a little bit too early at this stage to predict that, but one thing that will temper the transition from arrears to those more um, advanced arrears and mortgage default scenarios is the strong uh, employment environment, particularly the low unemployment rate, as loss of income is a key cause of mortgage default. So when it comes to mortgage arrears, the most important economic indicator to watch is what's happening with employment. Still, there there are billions of dollars of fixed-term loans coming off these terms in the coming year. What happens then? Mm -hmm. 
there will certainly be, I think, a potential level of payment shock for some of those borrowers who are coming off those very ultra-low fixed home loan rates onto much higher variable rates. And that could certainly lead to some arrears pressures at those specific junctures. I think they're tempering uh, those potential payment shocks are a number of factors. And these include the very strong competition in the market at the moment for variable rate home loans, savings buffers available to many borrowers, prepayment buffers, and also for more seasoned loans, equity buffers. So these all afford borrowers options that help them to self-manage their way out of potential financial stress and potentially avoid going into mortgage arrears. So yes, that risk is there, but I think there are other factors there that, that help to temper it. And so finally, ultimately, how is the market placed for these rate hikes and the threat of an increase in arrears? Because I'm, I'm guessing there may be some people in the market hoping for there to be a, a slew of homes coming onto the market for purchase under mortgage stress and, they, and these buyers can get uh, a, a bit of a bargain. Is that true or is it unlikely to happen? Look, I think in terms of how prepared is the mortgage market for this period, I think the mortgage market is certainly entering this period uh, from a position of strength, but arrears are going to increase and there will inevitably borrowers who will feel mortgage stress due to the combined impacts of mortgage repayments going up and also strong inflationary pressures. In terms of uh, property price impacts and how that plays out, I think uh, probably a bigger impact on property prices and property price falls in this environment isn't necessarily more distressed sales. It's probably more reduced borrowing capacity for new uh, prospective homeowners who are wanting to take out a mortgage, given they're having to qualify for new mortgages at much higher rates. So I think that's likely to weigh on demand more, uh, more so than uh, distressed uh, property prices. That is Erin Kitson there from S&P Global Ratings. Now to the Australian share market, which fell today, the 200 down by 0.8%, 6,762. But it does follow a pretty strong week, up 4.5% for the week. Remember, those really big gains came after the RBA lifted official interest rates less than expected on Tuesday. For more on today's moves, I spoke earlier with Omkar Joshi from Opal Capital Management. So I think most of it was really just the overnight leads from last night. The US was obviously a bit weaker, and we've seen a follow-through from that in Australia. I guess the other key piece is that we have had a very strong start to the week, and it makes sense to consolidate some of those gains and just have a bit more time to digest those gains before we make the next move up or down. One of the key stories of the week was the Reserve Bank lifting interest rates by 25 basis points, not 50 as some had projected. So what do you make of this divergence between Australia's central bank, which has seemingly slowed the pace of rate rises this week, compared with the rest of the world where rates are still rising 50, maybe 75 basis points? So I think ultimately, while inflation is a global problem, each of the countries does need to deal with it in their own way. And so while we've gone 25 basis points right now, it doesn't preclude the RBA from doing 50 later if they need to. And it makes sense to at least see the impacts of the rate rises you've already put through. I mean, to give you context, I mean, we've gone from basically sitting at you know, 10 basis points six months ago to now sitting in the mid twos. And so that's a big rise in the last six months. And we haven't really seen the impacts of that flow through. So it does make a bit of sense to slow it down for now just to see what that actually means. How does that impact the economy? What are the other, what are the actual impacts from it? And then if you need to, you can also increase rates a lot, lot faster if you have to. I mean, that's always an option they've got. Um, so ultimately, I mean, while there is a bit of a divergence, every country's got to do it their own way. But I mean, the, the clear thing is that rates are going up and probably going to stay up for a lot longer.
in the short term, though, implications for the share market and other investments? Because one thing we have seen is that US dollar get even stronger. Yeah, that's right. So I think in the short term, I mean, the, the implications are very much going to be the fact that a rising rate environment does mean that it does weigh on equities, especially the more growth and tech-oriented sectors, um, basically your longer-duration assets. So we've already seen bond selling off as well, and we've seen pain in all those growth and tech spaces as well. So I think you're probably going to see more of that to come anyway. Um, and in a rising rate environment, especially the speed at which, which it's risen, is actually a negative for equities anyway. But I mean, given all that backdrop, we've already seen a lot of the bad news. We've had time to digest that now. So it's not going to be the same as what it was, say, a year ago when equities were still trading in the highs and hadn't really sold off at all. Can we finish on the RBA's financial stability review out today? It's, it's warned that higher inflation and rising interest rates will make it difficult for some borrowers to meet debt payments with housing loan arrear rates likely to increase. What do you think this will all likely mean for the banks and is it something for them to, and for investors to be worried about? So it does. the RBA is right in that it will obviously lead to some bad debts increasing, but the reality is mortgages were coming off such a low base for bad debts there anyway. So it's not a big issue for the banks at this point in time. Most people will have a fair bit of equity anyway in their homes. And so from that perspective, even if there is an increase in bad debts or even if there is an increase in unemployment and stress on the, on the market or even decline in house prices, it doesn't really flow through to too many impacts to the actual banks just yet. So we need to see a pretty bad scenario before the banks actually get impacted. And so for now, I think the banks are pretty well provisioned. They haven't seen any any real issues coming through just yet. And even the issues that are likely to come in, there'll, there'll definitely be some. It's it's pretty much okay for the banks for now, um, given their level of provisioning or where things are at. I'm Kajoshi there from Opal Capital Management. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.